1: basking in that love even now as we speak is that love permeating in your heart and blossoming into you and telling you yes i love you you should be each hearing his voice saying i loved you I went to a cross for you if you were the only person in the world i still would have gone to that cross that's how much i love you i hope you're listening that's what he wants to get the cross and yeah you may deny him you may deny him later on today but remember he'll never deny you
0: It's your human right to reject Jesus and deny Him before men. But consider how He went far out of His way, suffering to an incredible extent, unfathomable to us, in order to make it possible for you to trust in Him and be made right with God. Today, Pastor Dave will encourage us to embrace that amazing gift. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 18 as he continues his message, Trials and Denials.
1: You are sure. There's a bigger issue, a much bigger issue here. Will your court be a legitimate one where witnesses are listened to, evidence is examined, and the right verdict concluded? Or will your court be a kangaroo court where the outcome is already determined before any evidence is... In other words, have you already made up your mind about Jesus? Have you already made up your mind? Maybe you're coming in here and and you said, well, I'm just going to church because that's what we do on Sunday. And you haven't made up your mind. Well, I've made up my mind about Jesus. Many of you have already made up your mind, and you haven't even seen the evidence yet. And this is a sad, most dangerous place to be. But while this mockery of justice was taking place, another trial was taking place. Another trial was happening concurrently, in other words, at the same time. This trial, as I said, would be one of character. It would be one of devotion. And it would be one of faith. Let's look at verse 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Now that Jesus, now that disciple was known to the high priest and went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. Peter follows Jesus, and so did another disciple. So the question we have to ask immediately is, who was the other disciple? Who was the other disciple? Now, tradition tells us it's John. Tradition says it's John. John knew the name of the servant that cut off uh, off, uh, Malchus' ear, or whose ear Peter cut off, Malchus. John never referred to himself by name. On the other hand, is it unlikely that John would know the high priest, being he was a fisherman from Galilee? However, many people believe that the Zebedees had business with the high priest because of the fish they would catch. They would come to Jerusalem and they would sell it possibly to the high priest. But when John referred to himself in the other five passages in the Gospel of John, how did he defer to himself? The disciple who Jesus loved. Yes, that's how he referred to himself. He doesn't do it here. He doesn't do it here. Guess what? Some people suggest this was Nicodemus. Other people suggest this could be Joseph of Arimathea. Why? Because they were both Pharisees, and they would have known the high priest and would have had entry to his house without hesitation, without problem. Who is this disciple? We have no idea, and we can only speculate. We can only speculate. Where the Bible is silent, guess what, folks? So should we be. But we know Peter was there. We know that Peter was there. And from the other Gospels, we're informed that Peter followed afar off or from a distance. And folks, anytime you're following Jesus from a distance, you will always get in trouble. You will always, always get in trouble. Remember, poor Peter's heart and mind were confused. He still had this grandiose vision of the Messiah. He still thought Jesus was going to, you know, take names and kick butt. He thought David was going to tear down things and make himself the ruler. He had this grandiose idea, but that wasn't going to happen. We're told that Peter was standing outside the door. Then another disciple that was known to the high priest went to the girl that kept the door open and ordered her to let Peter come in. Let's read the next. But Peter stood at the door, verse 16, outside. Then another disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to her, who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, are you not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. I am not. Sometimes, in the midst of a trial, we end up with denial. Sometimes, in the midst of a trial, the end result is denial. This is denial number one. It's amazing to me how often we're ready for the big trials. Give me the big trials. Peter said, Lord, I'm going to die for you if I have to. Don't sell Peter too short. Remember in the garden? Whips out his sword and says, oh, let's go. Come on. He was ready to take them all on. So don't tell Peter too short. You know, we swing our swords, and we want to give defense for Jesus. We want to defend him. We swing our swords. We open our mouths. And then all of a sudden, a squeaky little girl comes by and goes, aren't you one of his? No. Exactly what happens. We stumble, and we deny Christ. Peter said, I'll never leave you. I'll lay down my life for you. He faced an entire regiment of soldiers in the garden when he pulled out that sword. Peter was zealous. He was ready to go. He was ready to fight and possibly die at that time. But here in the quiet of the night, in front of the high priest, he wilted by a question of a young girl. He wilted. You know, it is often when we're feeling victory that the enemy attacks in the most subtle ways. Peter must have been pretty full of himself. Yeah, see, I pulled my sword out. Where was your sword? I pulled my sword out, I was after that guy, I cut that guy's ear, yeah, yeah, Jesus healed him, but you know what, I had my sword out, were you one of his? No way. We get a little victory under our belts and we think that we're, we're invincible, we think that we can stand up there. Peter may have felt so strong, but you know what, Paul had something to say about that. In 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he said, "Take, let a man take heed when he thinks he stands, lest he falls. Peter was about to learn this in a major way. Verse sixty eighteen says, Now the servants and the officers who had made a fire of coals stood there. For it was cold, and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. Peter was there. There's a lesson here, folks. There is a clear lesson that we need to look at. A clear lesson. Do not seek warmth at the enemy's fire. Do not seek warmth at the enemy's fires. Many times, When our love for Jesus starts to wax cold, when we're a little bit of circumstances, we start, we have a cold heart, we return to the enemy's warmth to get comforted. What do I mean? You're having a difficult time and the first thing you do is you go back to the nightclub. You go back to the casino where you can find warmth for your soul. You end up at the bar so you can have solace or companionship. You go back to the old crowd for acceptance because they love you so much. They're the old crowd. We find warmth when the enemy's grasp. Nothing good ever comes from this. Instead of warming ourselves at the enemy's fire, we are to resist the enemy and he will flee. We are to stand strong in Christ and say, no, we need to be like Job. Though they may slay me, I know my Redeemer lives and I will stand with him one day. I will be with him. Interesting, when you look at the four accounts of the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you follow Peter's path that night, You can see him gradually moving into a place of temptation and then into a place of sin. And his actions really seem to parallel, if you will, Psalm 1-1. In Psalm 1, the very first Psalm, the very first thing says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. First of all, Peter walked in the accounts of the ungodly when he followed Jesus and went into the priest's courtyard. Peter should have followed Jesus' counsel when Jesus said, get out of here. Leave. Peter stood with the enemy and warmed himself. Before long, he sat down with the enemy. And now it's too late. Peter denied the Lord already, and soon he would do it two more times. Peter was already caught up in this thing. And how could he get out? How could he possibly back out? John must have had a great time writing this because all of a sudden he jumps back to Anna's house. It's It's like... Wow, we're going back and forth here. Let's look at 19 through 24, and now we're back in Annas' house. Remember, they're going on at the same time. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always meet. And in secret, I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I had said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Annas begins his questioning. What about your disciples? What about this doctrine that you're teaching? This was illegal. This was an illegal questioning. It shouldn't have been. In Jewish law, it was like our Fifth Amendment of incriminating ourselves. He wasn't given the chance. He was asking these things. He wasn't going to answer this kind of stuff. But Jesus doesn't shy away from this, folks. Jesus goes toe-to-toe with Annas. He says, ask someone. Bring someone in. What is Jesus saying? Another part of Jewish law. Where's the witness? Bring the witness in. Come on, bring the witness in. Where's the law? He reminded the high priest that these proceedings were highly illegal. What does one of the officers do? Smacks them. Strikes him in the mouth. Told you the atrocities would start to heat up. They bound him, and he struck him. Imagine, Jesus was standing there so helpless and so defenseless, he's bound, he can't move. He opens his mouth, and the guy goes, bam! The atrocities are ramping up, folks. It's going to get a lot worse. Interesting that Jesus is going to face six trials before his crucifixion. He faces three of them from religious leaders, and three of them from the Romans. But it's during the time he's with the religious leaders that the atrocities start. In a while, they're gonna put a paper sack over his head or a burlap bag over his head, and they're gonna punch him in the mouth and say, who hit you? Sad, sad. So Anna sends Jesus still bound to the real high priest, Caiaphas. I guess he got his wish. Probably just seeing Jesus slapped in the face satisfied him. He knew what was gonna happen next. He knew what was going to happen. Now, while all this is happening, flash right back to Peter. We come right back to Peter in 25 through 27. Now, Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore, they said to him, You are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Then Peter then denied again and immediately the rooster crowed. You sure you're not one of him? No, I'm not one of him. The other gospels say that this was also a question made by a maid, by a young girl. Once again, Peter wilts at the question of a young girl. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of of Malchus, did I see you in the garden? No, I didn't. Did The crowd must have yelled, yeah, you must be one of his disciples. You're a Galilean. Your accent gives you away. And according to the other gospels, at this point, Peter starts to curse. He starts to swear. He starts to say these things. He declares, I didn't know. And upon the third denial, the rooster crowed. Just as Jesus predicted. Before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And my heart breaks when I read the Luke account. When I read Luke's account, when Peter denied him on the third time, and the rooster crowed, Jesus, who had been smacked in the face, turned and looked at Peter, and they they looked at each other. Oh, oh. And from there it says Peter went out and wept bitterly. He wept bitterly. Just one look from Jesus. One look from Jesus, and Peter went out and wept bitterly. You know, like Peter, we have all failed at one time or another. Have you ever wept over your failure? Have you ever cried because of a failure that you committed? Like Peter, we all have experienced weaknesses of the flesh. Have you ever wept because of weakness of your flesh? Has it ever brought you to tears when you realize what you've done? I'm not talking about past life, I'm talking about present life, even as a Christian. You ever realize what you have done? And it brings you to tears. So, how, how did Peter? Fail this trial. How did Peter fail this trial of character, devotion, and faith? How did it end up in denial? It just didn't happen. In the garden, he's wielding a sword. In the garden, he's fighting off soldiers. He's cutting off ears. He says, yeah, let's get him. We can take him. And now by the fireside, these two girls, ask him a question and he's all jittery. And now he starts to cuss. And now he starts to say these horrible things. What happened? How did it get so far? Well, first of all, he was guilty of boasting. He was self-confident. When Jesus had announced to the disciples that they will all be offended of him because of that night, Peter said, yeah, they'll offend you, but I won't. Not me. I won't offend you. It was then that Jesus said, well, I got news for you, buddy. When the rooster crows three times, you will have denied me three times. Again, Peter expressed his self-confidence. Even though they'll, may, even though they'll slay you, they're not going to move me. I'm with you. Take heed, Peter. At Least you stand. Remember what Jesus said to him in Luke? Peter, Satan's been asking for you. Excuse me? Yeah, Satan's been asking for you. He he wants to sift you as wheat. Well, obviously, Satan's doing a pretty good sifting job here. Pride goes before destruction, doesn't it? A haughty spirit goes before a fall. Here we see Peter being this guy. Peter argued with the Lord. Always argued with the Lord from way back in, in Matthew 16. Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. It's necessary for the son of man to go to Jerusalem and be done, ba, 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 ba. Far be it from you, Lord. He always argued with the Lord. He loved to argue with the Lord. Though they kill me, I'll deny you, never deny you. The Lord looks at him and says, you know what? I know better, Peter. The Lord knows you better than you know yourself. Jeremiah, writing, says, the heart is deceitfully wicked who could know it. We read in John, Jesus knows the heart. Little piece of advice, and this won't cost you anything. If you ever find yourself arguing with the Lord, know one thing, you're wrong. (laughs) Write that down. You're wrong. Always. And then you go to Luke's account, and you get to Luke's account. Luke goes into the garden with all the guys. He takes three of them a little further into the garden. He says, watch here, and he goes off to pray. He comes back, and he looks at him, and he says, Simon, you're sleeping. He actually calls Peter out. Simon, you're sleeping. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So here we see. So many times the lack of prayer has gotten me in trouble. I don't know about you because you guys are much holier than I. But so many times the lack of prayer has gotten me in trouble. Got me in big trouble. When we should be praying, we're sleeping. Next thing, he followed the Lord from afar off. He followed the Lord from afar off. There is only one way to follow Jesus that is as closely as possible. One step behind. In fact, if you find yourself following Jesus afar off, you've already denied him. You've already denied him. And then we see him warming himself by the enemy's fires. We talked about that. These, All these steps led to denial. The minute you think you're better than others, you're in big trouble. When you start arguing with the Lord about the scriptures, you're way off and you're starting to fall. When you follow to seek the Lord, you're in trouble. When you warm yourself with the enemy's fire, you drifted so far dangerously away. The next thing you're going to say to yourself, I don't know him. I don't know him. You're so far away. Where are you in this? Are you boastful and self-confident in your relationship with the Lord, thinking that you're above reproach? I'll never let him down. Okay. I'll never let him down. You might, but I'm not going to let him down. Are you arguing with the Lord? Maybe his will is not what your will is. Maybe his will is something totally different. You're arguing with him. Lord, I didn't want that. Or maybe you're Eutychus, sleeping when you should be praying. Or perhaps you're following the Lord from afar off. I don't want to get too close. I don't want people think I'm some sort of Jesus freak. After all, or maybe you're warming yourself at the fire of the enemy. Maybe you're sitting there warming yourself, seeking the wrong company, seeking the wrong friends. If if that's the situation you're in, take heart, brothers and sisters, take heart. We're gonna read that Jesus is waiting and wanting to restore Peter. He can't wait to restore Peter. After the resurrections, he sees the group. He says, I'm going to the Galilee. Tell everyone, and Peter, tell Peter, I'm waiting for him. Tell Peter, I want to restore him. Jesus gave Peter three opportunities to say he loved him. And every time he came back and said, I love you, Jesus, Peter, uh, Jesus never said, Peter, you're disqualified. You denied me. You're, you're, you're out of it, pal. You'll never be an elder in the church. You are not above reproach. Your qualification is gone. There's no qualification for serving the Lord except loving him. Loving him, when he asked Peter, do you love me? There were those who think that Peter should be completely disqualified because he denied the Lord. I'm glad that Jesus was more gracious than they. I am so glad. I told you how much I love John Corson and how I love his his commentary. He writes about this. He says, the crowing of the rooster signifies the dawn of a new day. It was as Jesus was saying, yo, Peter, yeah, you blew it. Yeah, I know you cursed, you swore. Yeah, you denied me. But Peter, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not through with you yet. Maybe if you are in a situation and if you're listening today, I hope you hear the Lord telling you he's not done with you yet. He's not finished with you. In fact, he's far from finished with you. He knows the plans he has for you, the plans to give you a future and a hope. He knows the plans that he wants to do in your life, to raise you up, to be a witness to this person, that person. He knows the plans, and he's going to use you mightily. Yes, you're going to mess up. If you say you don't sin, will you make him out a liar. But he wants to use you if you will. I saw Jesus using you guys yesterday in ways that marveled me. I was never so happy and excited to see the Lord working so mightily through a small group of people, the body of Christ, ministering to people, just ministering and praying. It was glorious. It was glorious. And the neat thing about it was is that Mark's been preaching it, and I've been preaching it, that I bet that all of you walked away going, wow, I was blessed. You got blessed more than the people that we touched. It was incredible. Now, they got blessed too, though. I'm here to tell you that there's always going to be trials. There will always be trials. And yes, every now and then there's going to be a denial. There will always be trials and denials. But the love of Jesus never fades away. Scripture tells us that nothing can separate us from that love. The love of Jesus covers the multitude of sin. The love of Jesus casts out all fear. Nobody loves me like Jesus. Nobody loves me like you. Nobody could ever love me like he does. The love of Jesus is always available to you for those who seek him with their whole heart, those who want him in their lives, those who follow close behind him, never seeing themselves separated from him, abiding in him. Yes, trials will come and denials will happen, but Jesus' love will still prevail. It will remain to ever. Do you know that? Do you realize that? Have you accepted that? Are you basking in that love even now as we speak? Is that love permeating in your heart and blossoming into you and telling you, Yes, I love you? You should be each hearing his voice saying, I loved you. I went to a cross for you. If you were the only person in the world, I still would have gone to that cross. That's how much I love you. I hope you're listening. That's what he wants to get to cross. And yeah, you may deny him. You may deny him later on today. But remember, he'll never deny you. You are a sure.
0: The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start. So many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website Just click on the Messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com We'd love to meet you too Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, by visiting AsureHopeRadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at AsureHopeRadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of Asure Hope.